Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Contemplation and Meditation. So far, we have learned that the goal of life is to get ultimate happiness. We are all trying to achieve that unbroken happiness. This happiness or unhappiness is experienced at my mind level. Every experience will my mind will judge whether that was happy experience or unhappy experience. So it is the mind that we are now trying to train or control so we don't fluctuate from happiness to unhappiness and therefore mind has become our greatest asset in determining where my happiness lies but it has also become my biggest liability where it is constantly getting disappointed by its own experiences. So what we are trying to achieve is to find ultimate happiness. Happiness right now is experienced through mind and therefore if my mind is trained in a way that it constantly remains in state of happiness, then I have achieved my goal. Basically that's what we have learned so far that if I can feel complete bliss all the time and not get affected by the experience in this world outside, then I will be in complete bliss. For that, the instrument I have is my mind. So my goal all along is to control my mind or train my mind. So Bhagwan had given us two different ways to do that because we have come to the conclusion that Activities must, as long as I am an embodied one, as long as I am confined to this body, I am identified with this body, then activity in this world is unavoidable. And activity, no matter how selfless it is, it leaves some scars on my mind. No experience is completely happy experience. There is always a side effect a downside of any effect. All of us or most of us who are involved in non-profit organization, we know that very well. Even though we think we are taking part as our selfless activity, we still get upset or we get joyous by working in that environment. So we know that there is no activity, selfish or selfless, which is completely devoid of unhappiness. Or any negative impact. So Bhagwan said there are two ways you can avoid this negative impression on your mind. The one is not to expect any results, no expectation for any fruits of your actions. No matter how noble they are or how ignoble they are, but you do not expect any particular results. That's one way we call it Karma Yoga. So we learned that one way to control damage to my mind is not to have any expectation. And Bhagavan said the other way 
is to renounce the sense of agency that I am the doer, which is what the path of renunciation. So the path of karma yoga is not to expect any particular results, just do your part and be happy with it. Other is not to feel that you are the doer. If I can perform one or the other. So in the beginning of this chapter, Bhagavan said, one who is performing actions without any expectations or without relying on the fruits of actions, he is a yogi and a sannyasi. He is both. Because yogi and sannyasi are not two different categories. They are one and the same. Both have control over their minds. Yogi also has a control of his mind. So has the sannyasi. To achieve that state, we have to practice in the non-expectation, no expectation from this world of my actions. Or I consider I am not the doer, doer is someone else and therefore I do my part and not worry about the results of my actions. Once I have achieved that state of balance, samatvam yoga uchyate, that balance of mind that I can remain in the same mental frame of enthusiasm in any situation, Bhagavan said, then samahkaranam uchyate. At that point, inactivity, you do not have to act. In other words, there is no mental activity involved anymore. Everything is happening at the level of my body, level of this prakriti, but I, the self, is not involved in it. Aruruksho munehe karma karana muchyate, one who is desirous to achieve this balance of mind for him, actions, selfless actions in this world will get you that yoga, that balance of mind. Once I have achieved that, then it is the meditation. Now I am ready for the meditation. Meditation on who I am. Once I have a control over my own mind, it is not getting affected by the happenings in this world around me and how they affect me. Now I can think about who I am. Up till that time, I was busy making living and making sure that things are going right. That's why we typically say, well, I'll do Bhagavad Bhajan when I'm retired. Because we understood that right now I'm so busy doing what I'm doing that my mind is not ready to do Bhagavad Bhajan. Once I achieve that state of security that I have done everything I had to do in my life, now I can think about myself, who I am. So in a way, Bhagavan is saying the same thing. Once you have control over your mind, then there is no fear outside and there is no activity left for me. Now I can focus on who I am. And that's Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Contemplation. This chapter is the link, the second segment of Bhagavad Gita, which is Gnana Yoga. So the first section, as we said, explain Karma Yoga. Second set of six chapters will describe Gnana Yoga, Yoga of Knowledge. Who that Supreme Being is. The identity of the Supreme Being is discussed in the next six chapters. So this chapter is a link between this Karma Yoga and Gnana Yoga. So how I should now think about that Supreme Being is contemplation. Bhagavan has given us the qualification of the yogi who has controlled his mind, that he does not get affected by any happenings or accomplishments. 
and then also given the techniques how to now contemplate on that supreme self. The last verse which we had discussed, verse 17, where it says, for whom this yoga is possible? And we have seen that the yoga is only possible for those who are moderate in their behavior. Moderation in consuming things, moderation in working in this world outside, and moderation in sleeping and waking. Yukta ahara viharasya, yukta chestasya karmasu, yukta swapna avabodasya, yogo bhavati dukkha. It gives us a reason why we should practice yoga. What is the big deal about this yoga? And Bhagavan said, yoga becomes the remover of all your unhappiness, dukkha. I had been working hard in my life to avoid dukkha. I had tried everything. And Bhagavan said that actually the method to achieve what you had been trying all your life is yoga. If you learn how to practice yoga, yoga becomes the remover of all your dukkha. And that is only possible for a person who has disciplined himself in this manner. Yukta ahara viharasya, who is balanced in consumption and also recreation. Yukta chestasya karmasu, and who is balanced in his actions, not working too much or not working too little. Yukta swapnava bodhasya, one who is not sleeping too much or not sleeping too little. In other words, not indulging in tamas, also not avoiding tamas which is required for me to exist as an entity. Inertia is required for a particle to exist in space and time. And there is no inertia, nothing can exist in space and time. So, tamas is as much part of the prakriti as rajas the activity. We glorify activity and then downgrade tamas, but once it is very essence of prakriti is to have tamas. You should have tamas in balance also. You have to take a rest. We can see the body taking rest. What is not taking rest is our mind. Our brain is 24-7 working all 365 days a year. There is no inactivity in your brain, in your mind. And therefore, we are always tired mentally. So Bhagavan said, for that, this Dhyana Yoga is helpful to train your mind to seize activity. The activity may not be completely stopped, but it should be directed only in one direction. And then it will get its own bliss. The next two verses give us that indication of how yogi achieves that bliss. Yada viniyatam chittam atmani eva avatishtate nispruhaha sarvakame bhyaha yukta. So, who should be considered yukta? In, a, in other words, one who is yoga rudha. As we have seen in the beginning of the chapter, there are only two categories, one who are seeking to achieve yoga and one who achieved that yoga. One who has achieved that union with his self is yukta. And one who is trying to achieve that is aruruksha. So, he said, yada viniyatam chittam atmaniyavatis if controlled mind is rested in the self, nispruha, without any spruha, 
Now there is nothing left for me to achieve in this world when I come to that conclusion that I don't have any desire to do anything, to achieve anything, to accomplish anything. I become nispruha, sarvakamebhya for all the worldly objects. There is nothing left for me to acquire from this world because everything I acquire from this world is temporary. It's like a leased arrangement. Even though we think we own this house, I own this car. It's basically temporary. My bank owns the house, 80% of it or 75% of it. I only 25% because I put 25% you know, equity. But I call it my house. Bank never calls it its own house, but owns it all along. So Bhagwan said that one who knows this temporariness of everything in this prakriti, he becomes nispruhaha of sarvakamebhya. When it comes, it comes. When it has to go, it will go. But I remain unaffected by it. Yukta iti uchyate tada. Such a person is then called yukta. So we have seen the parameters of when we should consider ourselves yukta and then are ready for dhyana yoga, meditation. You see, when the controlled mind is rested in the self, yada viniyatam chittam atmaniyava vattishtate, mind is constantly thinking about one thing and one thing alone. Who I am? I am this imperishable immutable self. I am not this body, I am not this mind, I am not this intellect. I heard yesterday somewhere, so somebody asked, Guruji, why you always when somebody comes to you, you say, Aham Brahma Asmi. He said, I remind myself that I am a Brahman because when these people have come, they start talking about this world and then they will distract my mind. So I'm going to tell my mind up front that before I engage in this conversation with these people who have just come, let me remind you, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. Now talk about everything else. Then everything will be related to who I am, which I am Brahman. So here Bhagavan said that one who has rested his mind in the self, mind is constantly aware that I am nothing but the manifestation of the pure self. And therefore, it has no spruha, nothing to achieve from outside. And therefore, that person, one who has this controlled mind, is considered yukta. So, we are given this litmus test of when we are ready for dhyana yoga, when mind has no desire left other than to know myself. In other words, we have learned it's called mumuksho. There is no other desire but let me be liberated. And we heard this before that if you are drowning in water, there is no other thought but to come out of the water and breathe. He said, if you have that intense desire for liberation, that's called mumoksha. Mumoksha me bhuyadidicha. The next verse solidifies this understanding of a yogi say yatha deepaha nimatastaha na ingate sa upmasmruta. The upma, the simile here is just like in a windless place, if a lamp is placed, the flame does not flicker. Now that flame itself is not the one single entity. As Bhagavan Buddha said, the flame is a constantly dying entity and replaced by the new flame. 
every moment an existing flame gets burnt out and a new flame replaces it. But for I the observer, all I see is a continuity of the same flame, unflickering flame. Then I don't see that many flames, it's like movie. We see the steel photographs put together, but they move so fast that I see a movie, a continuity. The flame of a lamp is something like that. Therefore, Bhagavan Buddha said, this consciousness is constantly occurring. So it says, Yogino yata chittasa yunjato yogam atmanaha. A mind of a self-controlled yogi is like that flame of the lamp. It seems it is completely steady because it is not distracted or deviated by other thoughts, but only one thought. So our mind is nothing but a flow of thoughts. If there is one thought, there is no mind. When the second thought comes, a mind is created. The chain of thoughts continue in the same direction. It gathers momentum and it becomes mind. So right now I have several streams of mind going in several directions. Yogi's mind is each thought in the mind is going in the same direction to understand the higher self. And therefore it seems completely steady. Yogina yata chittasya yujanta yogam atmanaha because it is thinking about the self alone. So the one thought and one thought alone that aham brahmasmi. Even though all things are happening at the body, mind and intellect level, I am just the witness. It's such a person, Bhagavan said, is a yogi. The next four verses actually gives you the progress of a yogi when he's practicing this art of meditation. So we'll take the first one. Yatra uparamate chittam niruddham yoga sevaya yatra cha eva atmana atmanam pasyan atmani tushyate When that mind is restrained by the practice of yoga, I constantly think that I have nothing to gain from this world to, to achieve happiness. Things are coming temporarily and they are living but they cannot give me the permanent happiness. This constant thought of futility of this world will give me that restraint of my mind. By the practice yoga, such a person attains quietude. And when seeing the self, by the self, he is satisfied in his own self. When I see that I am nothing but the expression of that infinite self, my space in the room is nothing but the space outside. It was never separated from the space outside, the universal space. There was never any importation of the space in this room. When the room space starts thinking about its connection with the universal space, it feels secured. And nobody can destroy me. Walls will be destroyed, floors will be destroyed, ceilings will be destroyed. I, the space, will remain right here where I am. I was here, I am here, and I will be here. Bhagavan said, and a yogi who has balanced his mind and practicing yoga, he achieves this satisfaction in the self by recognizing the self. We'll stop right here. If you find this podcast helpful, please support it by donating any amount by going to the episode's website at neilbutt.org
podbean.com or at chinmayarichmond.org. Thank you. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhag Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om